Yo, I'm politicking with the homie poet, Poe Politicking. Self-help meets hip-hop. That's fucking beautiful. What up, Poe? What up, DJ Period? Just two black brothers. I see y'all out there doing what y'all do, preserving the hip-hop culture and introducing the future stars. Keep shining, kings. Real and recognize real. Love is love. Salute. Yeah. It's just two black brothers on the microphone. It's just two black brothers on the microphone. Just two black brothers on the microphone. It's just two black brothers on the microphone. Welcome to the Just Two Black Brothers podcast. I'm DJ Period. This is my brother Pope Politicking. And uh, uh we honored, man. We we got we got the founder of Arrested Development. We got we got my man speech on. What's going on, sir? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Good to be on here, y'all. How y'all feeling? Perfect. Oh, you know, great, man. Feel like good. feel like. I don't know, man. I was a little kid when I first heard about you. So when I interviewed some people like you, it was like, damn, I never thought we would even cross paths one day. You don't even think like that sometimes. So it'd be real weird when you talk to some people. Yeah, I feel you, bro. I do. I feel you. Yeah, man. So we just wanted to, the very first thing, it's kind of, it's going to be a little weird thing. But my, um, I got a little daughter. My daughter is um, one years old and she was watching you on Sesame Street. <laughs> wow. So I told me and my wife we wanted to know what makes artists go on Sesame Street. Well, for me, I grew up on it, you know what I'm saying? So like it was an honor. Like when we when we were asked to go on Sesame Street, it was an honor. Um the only thing I didn't like about it was I didn't like the song that we did. Like they wrote the song mm -hmm. and the lyrics and everything. And then I saw Common was on Sesame Street much later, like many, many years later. And the beat was hot. And I was like, wow, they must have let him actually, him and his producers really write the track. Mm -hmm. So that's the only thing I regret. But other than that, it, you know, it was cool. It was like, I don't know, to me, you know, there's certain institutions in the United States, if you grew up here that you know about, and Sesame Street is one of those joints. It's like, you know, to be able to be on there is like, I don't know, it, at least for me, it was a big deal. I loved it. Yeah, we're going, we got going back and watching all of them. So we on the first season, but I think we like, we might be a little bit further now. We might be like, well, if she saw you, that means we farther out. Cause what year was you on it? I want to say 94, I'm not sure, probably yeah. 94. They got all the episodes on the HBO Max period. Yeah. <laughs> Two days. Yeah, you can watch every single one. Started from one to like 80 Word something. <laughs> Word yeah. up, that's fresh. <laughs> wow. So, I so used to have a crush on one of the women on there, forget her name, maybe Maria or something. I used to Yeah, have I think everybody on had a crush on Maria. They <laughs> 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 be looking at uh, that's why the, that's why the dads be watching it. Shit, they know what's <laughs> real looking like. Yeah. And then and then another thing I noticed just by doing research. I noticed you did a lot, you do a lot of interviews. And then I was just thinking, because you know, some artists. Especially when they hit like naked accolades, you you got they feel like they don't have to do that many interviews. So I was like, why is it important you do keep doing interviews? And what are you really trying to get out there to the people? Yeah, for me right now, like it's a strategy. Like I feel like it's I want people to hear this music. I want people to know about it. And a lot of the mainstream outlets are are really. Um, purposely squashing certain conscious music and purposely like exalting certain other music. So I feel like I'm trying to go about it by death by a million paper cuts. You know what I'm saying? Like 
just go at go at it more and more people, even if it's smaller amount of, amounts of people than some of the major outlets. Keep talking about the project and let more and more people hear it. So that's what I'm striving to do right now. Mm. So what you working on right now? I got two albums. I got, um, well, my solo album is called Expansion. I'm very proud of it. It's got a lot of great artists from around the world on there and myself, of course. And then um, Arrested Development's latest album is called Don't Fight Your Demons. And um, it's to me our best record in 25 years. So I'm really excited about that record. So I want people to hear the music and vibe with it. You know what I mean? So I do interviews, let people know. Mm. So I wanted to take take us back to the, I saw an interview on another guy. We don't kind of mention him, but uh, so why did you, uh, it says you formed Arrested Development as a response to gangster rap. So is that true or was it just a headliner? Uh, that was a headliner. No, we. <laughs> I, I never was. I never created AD as a response to it. It was more so as a service, in a sense, to hip hop in general. Because you know, hip hop is black music, and black people have a lot of different views, a lot of different realities that we do. And it, whenever things start to feel like it's only one type of black people, I get concerned. Very mm. concerned. So I always <laughs> want to make sure that there's other representations of who we are, not to replace the other ones, but to let everybody know that there is more to this. And that's what I, you know, so with the rest of development, that that's what I feel like we do and we did. You know what I mean? All right. Since you all here, I'm just gonna go and get to the to the to the um, to the real. How you said hip hop is black culture, and you know, I know you've been in the game for a while. So it seems like a common theme, even with just black music in general, where black artists don't get all their, you know, as far as the ownership or money. So how do you feel like even now, it seems like we're still kind of dealing with that. Like you go from Sam Cooke to Michael Jackson to whoever, like how do we break that cycle with the new artists? I actually think, you know, like Sam Cooke was a great example of breaking that cycle. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, he he really did it, and that was early on. He insisted on it, and Prince was able to break that cycle. Then he was, you know, he died. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael Jackson was finally able to break that cycle. Then he died as well. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of the new artists that are independent, that are blowing up, you know, going viral via internet and stuff like that, they're able to own a lot of their masters, which is a great thing. Other artists, though, that haven't been able to do that, I feel like it's, you know, to be honest, this is probably the best age to be able to accomplish that, man, because you really don't have to have a label in order to still create a buzz if you have a fan base, you know, if, you know, so I think that that's a good, that's a good look. And um, like right now I've been owning my own stuff for 20 odd years now, mm -hmm. but the original rest of development material I just, I own a small fraction of that. So like, it's still a push. It's still a, you know, we're still fighting, you know what I'm saying? Just like Daylight is, just like a lot of other cruising artists are. It's still a fight from that stuff back in the nineties. And then I, I was reading you, I was I saw that you mentioned that Prince was your favorite artist. So I wanted to ask yeah. you why is he your favorite artist? Then just give us some more of your favorite artists like past, present, future. Yeah, Prince is my favorite artist because to me, he just embodies art, art, art. 
like his artistic abilities are beyond anybody else that I've ever seen. So he's excellent at everything he touched. You know, his vocals were excellent. His instrumentalism was excellent. His songs were compelling and excellent. His shows were excellent. So, I mean, it's just, to me, is there's a point where you compare him, for me at least, when you compare him to any other artist, bar none, he just he just rises above when you look at his catalog and his his shows and what he brought to the music industry. It's just, to me, he's just above everybody else. Um, some of my other favorites, I would say, um, People like Sam Cooke, you know, since you mentioned Sam Cooke, I feel like he's just one of the greatest. Stevie Wonder, you know, Earth, Wind & Fire. Uh, some of these people, you know, like that, Michael Jackson. I mean, these people brought such incredible artistry to the scene that it's just, it was just untouchable. Hmm. And then this might sound like- James Brown. <laughs> this might sound like a funny question, but, uh... I don't know, like you, like I said, like first time I heard about you, you like made me want to learn and just like seek knowledge. So I always wonder, like, what do you read? What do you study? Because I know you, you seem like you just very deep. And like even now, I see you still like teaching and educating. So I just want to learn more about you on that tip. I read a lot, man. Like for me personally, I read. Um, like the last book I read fully was the Economic Hitman. Hmm. Um, where you ever heard of that? No. So basically, there is there is uh, white people who are hired to go to foreign countries, especially third world countries, and they want to steal their resources. And so they're hired by the government, but they're padded into different corporations. So you would never trace them back to the government. And their job is to go to these countries, promise them a huge amount of money for their country to take their resources. And if those countries refuse to do it, then our government does shadow operations that will take it from them anyway. Mm. So basically these countries have very little choice in the matter. Either you want war against you and we'll come and take it by war and it'll be an underground war. You were, we as, when we're watching the news in the United States, we wouldn't even know that the war happened. Or you can make some money from us, but we're still going to take it from you. And the pitch is that y'all will do better by taking the money from us and we'll make your country richer. That never is the case. And they end up taking over country. So it's a yeah, book get called- Get out of the, lay down. Yeah. yeah. So it's a book called The Economic Hitman. Oh yeah, I got to check, check that out. Because yeah, you see yeah. a lot of- you see a lot of stuff like that, or you see things. I was just researching the wild, wild man. Look, so you know what? I gotta go to. I gotta start going to bed at night. But what I do is I lay down and I think about something. So I think it was last night or night before. I just started looking up uh, photos of the wild, wild west. So yeah, it was like a. It took me to a link where it was like forty nine different photos that showed the history back then, and it was showing like um, Apache Indians who were trying to fight. You know, because like I guess. <laughs> You know how you get buyer's remorse? They got buyer's remorse when, yeah. when all of that stuff was going taking place. That's so exactly some of them, right. some of them tried to go back. Yeah, and they killed them. It's like, look, yeah, we gave you that little small land over there. You got to deal with that. You know, and, and they would do public lynchings, and so people wouldn't do it again. Exactly, and the U.S. has reneged on a lot of their agreements with the native people, so they would agree to various big deals where they was it was good looks for the natives but then 
the United States reneged on it and they have no recourse unless they were able to fight with a war and they couldn't win with the war. So yeah, it's, it's some pretty real stuff that's been going on. And so I, I do like to read though, but um, yeah, that was the last book that I read. Yeah, but, but a lot of books that people talk about now, I've read already. So like back when I was studying, um, cause I went to like, I took black history lessons and stuff in school, like when mm -hmm. I was in college. So a lot of books like, you know, how Europe underdeveloped Africa or, you know, they came before Columbus or, you know, like a lot of books that talk that a lot of people are talking about now. I already read those back back when the old AD records, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's when I was on those tips. They've mm -hmm. been out for a minute. Yeah. So yeah. Um, always, with those with the books like that, I just be like, what's the what's the goal with those books? Because a lot of times it just kind of gets you upset when you learn the information. Uh -huh. So I'll be like, what are we supposed to do with it? Because we can't really like you know, I just be trying to figure that out. Well, you like, you like, oh, we can't confront nobody with this stuff? Yeah, we can't be like, look, y'all <laughs> shit. Like, 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 so I'd be like, what can we do? I guess I, what well, the thing I do with it is just kind of like a self-esteem thing. But what would you yep. say, speech? It is. I think it's a few things. I think it's self-esteem to let us know that we are greater than what we're greater than being in the projects. We built the pyramids. The Greeks came to us to learn knowledge, mathematics philosophies he froze yeah okay he didn't get back on oh making sure it wasn't me Shit, i was like my thing oh yeah no he froze government watching man know. there we go there we yeah, go. They froze on this. Okay, we good. Deep. <laughs> He's like, what y'all talking about? <laughs> yeah, we back up. <laughs> well, I think it's self-esteem. I don't know what you heard, so I'll just say a little bit of it again. Yeah. But it's like self-esteem to know that Africa contributed some of the most important fundamental things in this world. So philosophy, mathematics, medicine, you know what I'm saying? Uh, all of these things. We submitted to the world. We we created those civilizational, you know, foundational things. That's important. And then I think the other thing is that we as a people should create our own mediums so that we can start teaching the world more truth. And I think that's important. So those those are the two reasons I read these types of joints. It helped me to become a better person. Like I'll be real with you. Like I'm from Milwaukee, and Milwaukee is statistically a tough place. And it helped me to see my my life path in a different way. Just seeing right. like, oh, word. So okay, we're we're deeper than this. That, we're deeper so. than what they allow us. That's we we me. deeper than what they allow us. It's like they allocate. It's like they allocate what they're gonna let African Americans be successful in. You know, and 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 what you and what it is is you perpetuate that to the youth. It's like, all right, you can. We're gonna make you rich by. By making me, making us music, making us movies, entertain us, and so now you got a lot of kids. They say, "Look, I ain't got to go to college to be a, a rapper. I ain't got to go to college to be an actor. I ain't got to go to college to dance. Um, I'm just gonna entertain this this person, and I'm gonna get this these month this money. But then you don't have nothing to fall back on when when that when that because that money don't last forever. It's like dope dope money. Dope money don't last forever." <laughs> Uh, depending on how you are in hip hop, that might not last forever. So, um, I think it's a whole cycle they created to. to yeah, I talk about that. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I, you know, I talk about that on the Don't Fight Your Demons album. There's, there's tracks on there. Um, uh, one, you know, one of them is called Back Down, where I talk about that whole thing. And another one is called uh, Do or Die, the mantra, mm. where I talk about, you know, what, we, what we're talking about right now. So, yeah, I, I try to spread it on there, you know, through the music and let people know. I was yeah. that you from Tennessee. You say you from, from the song? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I know a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. A lot. And it's it's crazy because you know, a lot of people felt that way. But you know, it's like my grandmother's from Tennessee oh, and my man. father's from Tennessee. So like the last place I saw my grandmother and my brother, because they died the same week. Mm. Uh, my brother was 29, my grandmother was 70. They both died. And the last place I was with them was in Tennessee. So I, mm. I was like, that was why I dropped that joint with uh, Arrested Development as our first single. Mm. You produced you produced the whole album too? Or that was like, it's somewhere like you produced, okay. Yeah, 90, 98% of that joint I produced. Oh, wow. I'm a producer. Like I, I actually was doing hip hop records before Arrested Development in Milwaukee, which is where I was born. Mm. So a lot of crews from Milwaukee, I was producing them and doing that. But Milwaukee, you know, you got to remember like hip hop back in those days was very East Coast, West Coast only pretty much. Right. So Midwest wasn't doing nothing big. You know what I mean? That was before Common, Kanye, all, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Crucial Conflict. That whole movement. Crucial Conflict was out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, where were they from? I, I know. Chicago, I, I thought. I think from. they were like Chicago somewhere. And when did they drop? Man, what was that? That had to be, I was a high school, I graduated high school in 98 and it came, so it had to be like 96, 97 time frame around there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that was later. Yeah, that was later. They had that hay yeah, that in the later. middle of the barn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, when we, when we dropped, like when we dropped, that was early 90s, so like 91, mm -hmm. 92, 93, you know what I'm saying? So it was before all of that. That's the music we could listen to. I was 11, 12. We, they didn't mind us listening to Tennessee and Mr. Wendell. You know, that was that was that wasn't bad music for yeah. us, even though we we still who, snuck and listened to Easy E. We, and who we, was Mr. Window? Cause I was little while this came out, so I got I gotta go to the source now. Who is Mr. Window? Yeah, Mr. Window is like so. Really, we used to hang with homeless dudes all the time. Me and my man Headliner. So what we Mr. Window really is not one dude in real life. Like on mm. the song, he's one dude. But in reality, he was a bunch of these different types of people that we was hanging with and meeting. And then we had one dude play Mr. Wendell in our music video, and he died right before the single came out. So, wow, you know, but it was but it was interesting because, um, yeah, these dudes was deeper than like regular folks I knew, man. I really was moved by them. You know what I'm saying? Like Look, they really mm -hmm. had a lot to spend. Look, homeless people, homeless people made Dola, made Dolomite a lot of money. <laughs> he was taking all that stuff and making jokes about it but no doubt that's true that is very true that so, is very true so so yeah you yeah. can learn it you can learn it so you can learn something from him um i i i wanted to know ask you you know how, how was it how was it winning because we 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 uh know you won a couple of grammys how was how was how did that feel winning those in the in the era where it, it seemed like uh conscious rap wasn't as big as, as it should have been uh, Cause you still, you know, that was that was still, yeah, like an East Coast West Coast thing. Um, it wasn't that type of that genre of music wasn't wasn't what people listen to all the time. So how did it feel to to actually did it, it did it help push you further? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it was two things. One was just being myself, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was struggling with trying to be a little bit of everybody else because I, I knew that that was what was making it in the industry. Right. And when I finally was like, okay, enough of this. I was probably 21 or 22 and I was like, yo, just be yourself, bro. Be done with this. And then second of all, the consciousness was just sort of part of what woke me up. Like Public Enemy, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Karis One, You Must Learn. And, you know, uh, my philosophy, like songs like that was really, you know, they was awesome and and also just they woke me up and i was yeah. and it's crazy because my parents were actually already activists but as a lot of teens do you know we don't always really be tuned into what our parents are doing and i really wasn't tuned in at a young age and then i started realizing wow my parents are already on all of this stuff like <laughs> you know I, I need to really tune in and, and see what they talk about that's what's up man so uh did you watch judas and the, and the uh the Judas and the Black Messiah? I watched a little bit of it so far. I got to finish it up. Um, you know, it's funny because, like, I know I'm going I'm to I'm end up watching that joint. I heard it's great. Yeah. But, you know, I know the story of the Panthers. Like, you know what true, I'm saying? True, true, so, true. <laughs> so for me, it's, it's you know, I heard from people that it's great and it's also a little depressing and angry, you know what I'm saying? Like, but... I'm, I'm peeping out regardless, but you know, sometimes I don't know about y'all, but like some, at least for me, sometimes it's overload on black pain. Like I can't, I can't yeah. watch a ton of black pain movies over and over. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I'm glad they're making them because some people ain't been exposed to these facts and these truths. But sometimes for me, I can't just watch it. Oh, you know, all of these kind of. I don't watch it at all. I can't. No, you know, you know what it is. They and and with the movie, I feel like you know. They're not going to let you tell them everything. They're not going to let you tell us everything. So it's like, um, like some people didn't like the way, you know, the, the, the mission of the Black Panthers wasn't fully depicted in the movie. So it's like right. real purists ain't going to, purists ain't going to say, oh, this, that was a good movie because right, you didn't right. depict, you didn't depict Fred Hampton in a good light. Right, right. Like, right. but if you ask people who was back in that time, hey, all he tried to do was help us. No doubt. Uh, no doubt. From y'all. <laughs> Yeah. So, so if y'all can't show, y'all can't even show a little bit of that in the movie, man. Come on, man. Get like, like, uh, and, but you know, Ryan Coogler, uh, the, the was the director, I believe, who did Black Panther. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Ryan's a beast, man. That bro yeah. is so talented, man. Like he's a beast. I, I respect him so much, you know, right. so much. And like I said, I haven't, I haven't finished watching the film, so I'm not dissing it at all. I'm just saying. Right. You know, in fact, I heard it's great, you know, and I'm and I'm expecting it to be great, but that's just sometimes I gotta sort of chill back on you know we gotta watch what you put it allow a, right, allow it allowing all that re reopening up wounds and all that stuff. But because yeah, I know exactly. stuff yeah. like that, you you especially if that's the family, you like damn man, we gotta watch this over again. Like exactly, but, like you know, like <laughs> 12 years of slave was great to me, but I only watched it once. Uh there's certain movies that I can't I can't watch them over and over. It's just like okay, I'll check it out. That, I'm like that with, I'm like that with fences, man. I, I cried on fences, man, because you know my pops wasn't, you know, we we had an issue, and I I actually joined the Marines, so so it was like, I, so so when he when the when the sun came home in the in the dress blues, and the dad was just like, all right, like I was like, shit, man, that made me shed like a little tear, man. <laughs> it kind of hurt. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's real, man, and that's. 
you know, has a great film oh, too. Man. You know, Viola Davis, everybody. I mean, it's kill, it's killer, it's killer. Exactly. Stuff. So, so it's for um. Can you can you tell us how um? Like we'll go back, but can you tell us how Arrested Development formed? Or you guys were all friends, or you guys just got linked up through mutual people? No, when I got to Atlanta in '87, I was wanting to start a crew because I had a crew back in Milwaukee, but. I graduated high school in 87 and my mom was like, well, you got to go to school. So um, I got into an art school in Atlanta and I put up a flyer. The first day I got there, I put up a flyer. Mm. I was like looking for a DJ because I used to DJ and I still do a little bit, but I'm an MC now. So I was like, okay, I need a DJ. Put up a flyer. Dude named Tim was looking at it. I started talking to him. I ended up naming him Headliner because he's a great barber as well. This dude is a master (laughs) barber. So it's like, Headliner um, and I started doing little shows here and there, and we would invite people from the audience on stage. So we invite African dancers, drummers, poets, you know, saying everything. And it ended up sort of becoming this like jam session, sound system type of vibe. And so how we started as a crew really was that energy of just allowing different energies to get on stage and rock with us. And that's why when, when we first came out, you saw six different people, but on the videos, you saw a bunch of people because right. was, that was our vibe. Like that was how we would do shows. It'd be like, this is before Wu-Tang was out, but it'd be like a Wu-Tang type of vibe. Yeah. It was just a lot of people on stage, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, that's so that's how we basically started. You know, it took a little time for all of that to happen, but yeah. What's up? And um, as far as like, and, and, and this, this is a question about you. So is there any songs that you listen to right now? Like as soon as you get in the car, you got to hear this just to get you started for the day or for the ride. Is there something you play? Uh, no, it's not nothing consistent. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, but but I will say from the Don't Fight Your Demons album or um, the, AD, the Arrested Development joint, there's a song that does get me fired up. Like if I, it's the first first song in the album. It's called "Back Down." Okay. And if I put that joint on, you know, if I'm trying to get motivated, that, that joint definitely does it. All right, perfect. Yeah, that I'm, definitely I'm, does. We're gonna check that one out. And uh, actually, we can go into the. Uh, I got the "Do or Die," the mantra uh, track here. We can go. We can let the people hear that if if, if you're ready for that. All right, let's do yeah. it. And this is off which album? Don't fight your demons. Don't fight your demons. Right. Development. Okay, bet. All right, we going into y'all listening to it uh, first here on the Just Two Black Brothers podcast. This is Do It Died, the mantra. Y'all ready? Let's get it. <clears throat> yeah, can you turn it up a little bit in my ear? It's Jazzy in a faraway place. A summer breeze blowing loud in your face. The Milwaukee is the worst place to live for African Americans. Segregation, unemployment, and education just three of the areas where this survey says our city falls short. Ladies and gentlemen, this is real deal. Almost every party I rock. Chances are I could have got shot. Suicides and murders all around me. Childhood friends going with the wind. You would die, the mantra. Yeah, 
grew a dried mantra. Some friends sold that white girl or that ganja. For me, it was selling life music to get your onto. Either way, I would say it was do or die the mantra. Yep, do or die the mantra. Some friends sold that white girl or that ganja. For me, I was selling life music to get your onto. Either way, I would say it was do or die the mantra. that I was involved with, read them all with, kicked it with at parties and talk ish and talkish with was dudes from Sherman Park to 3rd Street, especially around 24th and Capitol near Rufus King. I was literally the only cat who I would toasted. Never rap with them heavier cats the black like Casa Nostra. Going to Detroit, did rap shows with ghetto promoters. Picture kids, 11 years old, selling dope, all shooters and no poses. It was quite literally right under our noses. An epidemic with no limits. Quick cash, turn clicks bad, all of it quick fast. Flirting with darkness brought a serious whiplash. And by then, hoods was getting bad. Had pregnant mothers got and they needs doing things that might require some knee pads. Sons buying ski masks, do or die. That was a mantra. Families going under. Almost every party I rock. Yeah. Chances are I could have got shot. Yeah. Suicides and murders all around me. Childhood friends go with the wind. Do or die, the mantra. Yeah, do or die, the mantra. Some friends sold that white girl or that ganja. For me, it would be life music to get your on Either way, I would say it was do or die, the mantra. All my partners and my family from Magnolia, we some soldiers, we ride or die. Survivors, we the coldest, can't control us, don't even try. Quit talking, boy, come show us, you oppose us in suicide. It's best to get to know us. The Panthers, we the champs from your reek, get us pants. We rock them helmets with left. We got for wheelers and rams. We got them woofers and Amps complete the boom, the beat the speaker box. Man, know you got that Yola. We don't whip around with weaker rocks. Legalize the gunja, white hunter. Buy dope or smoke, cause since a youngster, a fisher and a hunter. I not high philosophy and wonder. How to change the laws to keep us under. Then sit back and enjoy the thunder. Look into my eyes, realize I've been traumatized. Lost my best friend, a homicide. One to suicide, man, the pain I feel inside. When my dad and mama died, rest in peace, they always keep. Please pray for me and sweet. Almost every party I ride. Yeah. Chances are I could I got shot. Suicides and murders all around me. Childhood friends go with the wind. Do or die, the mantra. Yeah, do or die, the mantra. Some friends sold that white girl or that ganja. For me, it was selling life music to get your onto. Either way, I would say it was do or die, the mantra. Yeah, do or die, the mantra. Some friends sold that white girl or that ganja. For me, I was selling life music to get your onto. Either way, I would say it was do or die, the mantra. Last year, they wanted to play in the NBA. Of that million, only 400,000 we would make it to play high school ball. Of that 400,000, only 4,000 would be able to make it to play college ball. Of that 4,000, only 35 would make it to the NBA. Of that 35, only seven start. And the average life in the NBA is four years. So the real problem is we have a million brothers looking for seven full-time jobs in the last four years. There's no question that there's a direct relationship between images and self-esteem. Abraham Lincoln found it very early when we have 300 slaves on a plantation and one master takes a lot of work. Why don't you let them go? But don't teach them who they are. To control their history, control their images. Then you won't have to watch it. Whoever controls the mind will also control the body. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, you did that beat? No, nah, Configure did that. Configure from uh, the UK. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, that song's tight. Nah, you, like you said, we're just talking about that, man. Like, it's, it's a million dudes trying to get a seven, seven, uh, a seven high-paying jobs, and only one of them gonna really get. And only one of them gonna really, really be a star, you know, the the yep. superstar. But but yeah, you know, like you said, do or die. You could look. There's there's many a times 
And when we in church, we we thank God because you know you were in a lot of places where He could have let something happen to you, but but it yeah. didn't. But it didn't yeah. happen. So true. you should pay some of that. You got to pay some of that back. Some of that back forward because if he if you still here from all those situations. You got a job that he probably needs you to be doing right now. You got to figure it out or find that talent or that or that reason why you're still here. I I 100% agree with that. I feel like we are all here for a purpose. That's why we're here. So, yeah, I mean, and I, I literally today, I was just today, I was walking around because I do like I take a walk around in nature usually when it's a nice day. And it was today. It was a great day. And um, I was just thanking God, like, you know, thank you for everything that you kept me from. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I've been in the air, you know, 30, 40,000 feet in the air, you know what I'm saying, flying here and there. You know, just all tour buses that we're not controlling, we're not driving those things, man. Like, there's so many things that could happen and I'm so grateful, you know what I'm saying? So you're right, there's a purpose for our lives. That's that's the deal, that's the truth. Hey, look, airplanes only one safe way down too. So you be on that thing the whole way, like, come on, man. Like, thank you. As soon as you land, everybody be clapping when they land, like, thank you, Jesus. Yep. Yep. Uh, two the last definitely. hours. Yep. Oh, uh, what's your what's your favorite song to perform? That's a great question, bro. You know, I, it's, it's funny, like for me, um, it probably changes a lot. Like sometimes mm. it's like some of the classic joints. But a lot of times it's some of the newer joints. Like we got a song called Bloody that's real heavy. I love rocking that. And then there's um, like, I can't wait for us to rock a lot of these joints from Don't Fight Your Demons album. Like that's going to be yeah. crazy. But of course, COVID has taken us out of the whole touring world for the last year. This is the longest I've never toured in my entire <laughs> career. Man. Like in 30 years, bro, I've that's never crazy. not toured for a year. This outrageous man outrageous so but 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 what know, so yeah what's the flip side to it though what's the flip, flip side, side to being able to tour yeah i've been able to record some bomb music like mm -hmm. we've been in the studio just cranking out i've been writing feature verses verses for a lot of different people i've been writing two albums you know like the expansions my solo album is it's beautiful then um, the joint Don't Fight Your Demons, which we've been talking about, which is great. So I'm I'm excited. You know, I, my single from my solo album is called A Different World. And it's like, I wrote that about the, the whole January 6th insurrection that happened mm. on January 6th. And I dropped that joke on January 12th, which is, again, because of COVID and the technology, it was I was able to write it, put it out within six days, which is unheard of for music. You, for me you got a studio on in your house? Yeah, I'm in my studio right now, actually. Oh, I see. is that the Grammy next to you right there? No, uh, it's probably a guitar right there. No, I it's, got like my right, Grammy it's like right behind. Oh, so it's like a, maybe like a Trump something right next to you. Okay. And it kind of like behind. Yeah. Oh, it's like an instrument. Yeah, no. okay. Oh, yeah okay, it's probably okay. one of my instruments. It's, I got my Grammys in the crib and um, in my house. And then I got MTV Awards, you know, Soul yeah. Train Awards. So on and so forth, you know, NAACP awards, you know. So, what, so which one was it? Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like from a historical standpoint, the NAACP joint really made me proud. You know what I'm saying? To get an image award from your own people always makes, right. 
you know, it's, it's, but the Grammy, I mean, as far as the one that's had the most impact on my career is the Grammys, man. Because at the end of the day, anybody that says the Grammy don't matter to your career does. I mean, <laughs> it does. I mean, we all, anybody that's an artist, yeah. whether hip hop or any other genre, when you were younger, I mean, more more than likely, if you are an artist, you looked at the Grammys like that was a big deal. And it was for me. So for me, I grew up watching the Grammys, you know what I'm saying? So to get a Grammy and then to win two Grammys and then be nominated yeah. for two other ones, it's like, yo, I'm I'm very, I'm very proud of that, that type of vibe. You know what I mean? It, it was just a big deal. No, I feel you. So you said you wrote the album about the January 6th. How, how did that make you feel? As a as a black man in America, man, like like was that a moment where you said, I've, like we like like we know how the world is, how how the system is, but that right there was like a okay, we're gonna show y'all like live TV <laughs> how we really are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was very um, you know it was very disheartening because you know as a black man we know that. If, if it was a Black Lives Matter movement or something going to the Capitol, there would have been tanks, security. Well, they would have shot a, a shot a full F-15 and bombed that shit if it, if it got that bad. Oh, oh, it wouldn't even have got, it wouldn't even have got that close. It wouldn't even have got that close. Uh, so what it really is a reminder of is this nation is still based on white supremacist principles where they don't even consider that a threat. Right. They, they didn't even have enough forces for just even 200 people, much less 2000 people. They didn't have enough forces and they didn't consider it a threat. But with black people or Muslims or other people, they always consider it more than enough of a threat, even though we don't do no type of damage like what they did. Right. And especially to these official buildings like we might mess with a Wendy's or a vacant police station. We're going to trying to break into the Capitol and murder people and put uh -huh. nooses on the front yard. Oh, the vice, the they want to get the vice president? Come on, man. Come on. So, hey, even if we think about that, we could talk about forming that right now on Zoom and somebody going to knock on your door. Hey, man. <laughs> Without we, a question. Which hey, is what we happened. just saw your Zoom broadcast that you oh, talked about. Was reading a little while ago. We started talking. Yeah, they already on us. Hey, exactly right. So it shows the hypocrisy and it shows the white supremacist realities that we're facing in this nation. And so, yeah, I had to write about that, man, because I, yeah. I think that there's certain weather bell signs that tells us where the nation's at. And I'm the thing that I'm looking for with this case of January 6th is not the charges, because you could charge anybody, but actual convictions and oh, yeah. how long are the sentences going to be. So... I estimate that it's going to be a very small amount of convictions and a very small amount of time. There was over 2,000 people there. I have a feeling it'll be less than 20 convictions in this situation, oh, but we'll see. Yeah, I want it to be way more, but that's my gut. We but, and, but, that all, but that also just shows you how, how police treat us. Like no, you said, they, they, they didn't, the police, the, the national federal police didn't feel like this will be a problem. But this it's the same way a, a, a regular cop on the street would think. And I always say the same thing, man. Like, look, if you a cop and you like, I believe in community policing. So I say, I know the neighborhood. I know, I know Mr. Window, they ain't took his medication. He gonna wild out. Like, I know that. I don't gotta go, I don't gotta shoot him because he waving a knife around because I know 
He yeah. probably ain't took his medication. Like, Mr. Wonder would have schooled my mama. Shit. Look, right, right, right. <laughs> so I know, all right, bet. I can't, I'm not going to bother him. I, I I know a different way to, matter of fact, I'm just going to call Mr. Wonder Mama. Hey, come get your baby. He on the corner of whatever, waving a knife around, and we don't want to have to do nothing crazy to him. But if you're only, if, if you, if you, if they tell you as a cop, look, go, I'm, I live in Brooklyn, New York. So, if, if you got a white cop that show up in Brooklyn and the only time he show up in Brooklyn is to arrest black people, what you think he going to think about black people? Especially if he ain't from the city. Right. So y'all can't be putting these dudes in here who already, look, like they say, if you already scared before you became a cop. You're going to really be scared. <laughs> you're really going to be scared when you put the uniform on. You're going to try to hide behind the powers that they give you. Yeah. Like Boy. fear. And mm -hmm. some of these cops, they ain't scared. They're from the military. They already looking for reasons and a justification uh, to kill black people. Some of these yeah, they got the trigger organizations already there. They are serious and they're organized, which brings us back to the January 6th situation. Mm -hmm. There is there has been people that said there's inside people that gave them information oh, on yeah. where to go. How oh, yeah, to definitely. Do it. So that's another telltale sign that I'm waiting to find out. Like when, when we find out if any of those people are convicted, then that'll let us know how serious they are about mm -hmm. changing the system. You saw the, this, mm -hmm. no, I'm listening. It's been going on for decades and decades. So there's a lot we've got to see, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You see the video with the cop where they walked in, they, he, they walked in the, they was, I think there was where Mike Pence supposed to sit, but the cop was like, Hey you guys, you guys think you yeah. could like get out of here? They were like, nah, man, we're gonna stay here and make sure it's safe in here. I'm like, dude, you you go that you just lost your job. If, if if what's supposed to happen happened, he shouldn't be a cop. And those all three of those dudes that was in there, one dude had already had been shot by a um, thing. He was sitting on the ground. He had been shot by like a rubber bullet or something. They were just sitting in there you hanging know, out. But I mean, if they could pull up on Tamir Rice and in the first two seconds of seeing him. They shoot him dead, not mm -hmm. with a rubber bullet, not with no tear gas or none of that. Then right. they could have shot this people, this these people coming into the Capitol with the legislative parties right there in the Capitol doing mm -hmm. a sacred duty of counting these votes. And they didn't shoot but one bullet, to my knowledge, that killed a lady. They killed the Even girl. That. Yeah. So. They could have shot, if they could shoot oh, Tamir Rice, yeah. who was a little boy, they could right. have shot so many people. Like, And they had weapons. After that smoke cleared, they said it was all kind of weapons there. Pipe bombs, oh, yeah. bats, pipe, all kind of stuff. So you you should, if you didn't feel fear from them people there, then that shows us, that shows everything we need to know right there. You, you didn't fear people who had bombs, probably grenades, guns. But you'll fear me, if I'm, you fear me holding my cell phone. I say, you know why? Because they look like them, so they're not scared of them. We we look different, so they fear us. But they look like them, so they like, oh, ain't nothing wrong with him. That's what yeah, that stuff. That stuff is wild. That's that, that's that white supremacy I was just talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I totally. Um. So um. Uh. I, we got a, we got another we got another uh, interview in, in about ten minutes, so we'll we'll start wrapping it up. But man, we we appreciate it. We appreciate man. We we honored. Um. I, I I got a couple of questions before we get out of here though. Um, I usually ask everybody. It's a scenario question. So uh, you're hosting a dinner party. You can invite three people to this dinner party, dead or alive. Who would you invite to your dinner party, and then what would you serve them? 
I would invite Jesus Christ. I'd serve fish and I would uh, invite um, Malcolm X. I'd invite mm. Marcus Garvey. And then I got to invite Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. just, just as a fourth. That's going to be and a deep, I, that's a deep dinner party. <laughs> we, eat, we eat fish and vegetables. We're chilling out, man. I want to know as much as possible. What, 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 what would you want to ask, uh, let's see, Malcolm? For me, I would want to ask him, how does he feel about dying for Black people and where we are now? I would ask him and mm -hmm. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. that, like, how do you feel? You know, how, what, what's your thoughts now? That's I what think I Boondocks have. told us how Martin Luther King feel. <laughs> that, was a funny, that was a funny bit, man. That was a funny bit. Boy, that was hilarious, dude. I believe that's what he would be doing right now. <laughs> Might be close to right too. He said, "Hey man, you can't." Oh man, dude, man, I don't know who let you. That was funny, dude. That was funny. Uh huh. We all with us, with us. We 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 gotta we gotta learn to take care of the, our people who are in position to to lead us to the to the to the uh, promised land, as you may say. Like, like, yeah. like, for example, like, um, like I say, my, my, even Malcolm X, even though Malcolm X was a, was a setup from what we, what we know, how do you let Malcolm X get killed? How do you let Martin Luther King, like, why, why are the people who ain't really doing much, the ones who survive these things? Like, 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 even, if, even if you take it to now with, with the rappers who get killed, like you letting the rapper who getting all the families out the community, <laughs> He taking care of the families. Y'all let him die. Now y'all don't have no. And like they say, if you kill the head, everybody else don't know what to do. They run around and. But it's like, how do y'all even let that happen? You got to think about it. It's like, man, man, who would say? Who would say? Let's make sure. I know, we I got know. look. You, huh? Why? Shit, because like to me, like we know, I, I don't hear the black black community talking about like. Uh, like strategic like leadership or like war strategies, but we have to think like that, but we don't think like that. So that's why like mm -hmm. you don't hear us talking about self-defense and stuff like that, like we should. So I think that's why. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Uh, I feel like we're, our head is not in the game as, as, as heavy as it needs to be. Not as a whole mm -hmm. people. I mean, there's some of us that think about stuff like that. Even if, if, some, if something happened to somebody right now, like if something happened to one of your people right now, like what are you gonna do besides call the police? Like what really can you do? Not the police. Like what can you do if something happened to one of your family members right now? Besides call the police. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> that's you. So if you ain't got nothing besides what what you what you what you can do is like I say we gotta work on stuff like that. Like we gotta have more like self defense and militarization and just more like strategies and stuff like in place. Yeah, yeah, we agree. Definitely. So, sir, we appreciate. Yes, sir. It. We appreciate you. Thank you yeah. so much. Much You know, you took time out of your busy schedule. No doubt, man. No doubt. Yeah, y'all have a great one, man. Have a great interview. Thanks for having Thank me on you. the show. Yeah, we'll keep in touch. We'll keep in touch with you. Um, you know, maybe in the future we drop when you drop the the other album, you can come back and we can talk about the album and uh, and play some music for the for the fans. Appreciate that, man. Brotherspeech.com for everything, y'all. Okay. Right. Got it. That's how they can find you on Instagram. They can find me. Thank you for listening to the Pope Politic and Show, your home for self-help meets hip hop.
For live content, subscribe to our YouTube channel.